This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. that you have been having a wonderful day today despite everything that we have been going through in the mother city we know that we have seen and be held and experienced sometimes sadly this reality of a lot of things happening in our city and so i pray that we have been a people who have been praying a people who have been spreading hope a people that have been pushing through and the people that right now at this time are just really seeking god and seeing peace and goodness restored to our city, a city that we love, the city that we live in. And so welcome today here to Voice of Change with myself, Lauren Jacobs. It's Kate Pulpit and it's going to be a great, great show. And because this is, we're going to be touching on a bit of Barbie today. Now, yes, yes, I know that a lot of people don't like the doll, but we're going to be talking about the film. And we're going to be talking about the film from a different perspective. I'm joined by Marilette Sanchez. Now, Marilette is a New Yorker, and she's very passionate about finding the connections between God, relationships, and popular culture. She is a wife to Moses. She's a homeschooling mom to young children. She's a full-time missionary as well with family life. And she believes that there is more to the Christian life than just pop culture, hypocrisy, and then more to pop culture than just shallow art. And that's deep, deep, deep. And she has recently co-founded an online apparel company that raises awareness for mental health issues in the church, as well as mental health issues in communities of color. And she's just an incredible voice. And she often connects the popular culture and what we see around us with things that God is teaching her and inspiring her to know. And so that is why she has experienced this through the Barbie film. And today she's going to be sharing with us how she feels about the film, what she has learned, a message to parents who might be concerned about the film as she has a number of small children and she knows what it means to be a parent who's trying to walk in God's footsteps and do the right thing for her family. And so we're going to be touching on Barbie, but we're also going to be touching on a bit of mental health and some things that Marilette has to share with us today. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful hour. So sit back, relax, have that cup of coffee or cup of tea with us and enjoy some what we're going to be calling a bit of girl talk today back and forward on the show between Marilette and myself as we share ideas, as we talk about the film and also as we engage in discussing how we need to be seen things around us and especially in our personal relationships which is something that Bobby touches on so profoundly in the film so don't go anywhere Marilette is with me after this It is, you know, that time of the day where we're going to be discussing everything that has to do with Barbie. Now, I know that for some of you listening, maybe you're already feeling like, okay, why are we going to be talking about Barbie? (laughs) Isn't this Christian radio? Well, let me tell you something. Even Christians I know around me have been having a conversation about the movie, the film, and what we should be feeling towards the film. How do we interact with the film? How do our children interact with the film? 
And we're going to be unpacking a lot of these things today on the show. And it's important that we know different perspectives, different opinions. And hopefully, as you've been kind of thinking about Barbie and the role of the movie in your own life, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. That doesn't matter. What matters is we're interacting with Barbie on a daily basis. If you're on social media, you will know that we are seeing everything Barbie. And also, if you're even in a store, you'll see that everything is pink at the moment, which I don't mind. So we're interacting with it on a daily basis. And so joining me to give her insights, her opinion is Marilette Sanchez, joining us all the way out from New York. Yes, yes. And uh, I'm so excited to have you, Marilette, because you have always, you know, kind of experienced God's moving, his voice, just your own personal revelation through films. I know that we actually met through something that you wrote on Wonder Woman when it came out a couple of years ago. So now again, interacting over this very important movie that we are now seeing just taking the world by storm. And before we get into that conversation, Marilette, so good to have you with me today. And I wish it was in person, but hopefully that will be soon. But welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for our girl talk that everybody gets to join. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I love that. And uh, I know I was sharing with you before we have got into this conversation about seeing people doing photo shoots, you know, when they're dressed up and, you know, dressed up as Barbie and standing in a Barbie box. You can go down to one of our local malls, like really close nearby, and they even have a Barbie box there. So uh, this is this is big. We're interacting with Barbie on a daily basis. I don't think we even realize it. And, uh, you know, what, what I want to start off with asking you, because today you're going to be sharing your insights and opinions with us, which is important, is that there have been a lot of mixed responses and thoughts on the Barbie film itself, especially from parents. And now you are a parent. You have a big family. And as a parent, you know the responsibility of trying to lead your children correctly and in a godly way. Now, I know that there are some parents who have maybe some concerns about the film. And how can and what would you say to parents who are maybe having concerns about the film? And how can they also, though, engage their children in a maybe a meaningful, thoughtful conversation once they've seen the film or their children maybe want to see the film and they're not so sure if they should see it. How do we have to see this? Yeah. Uh, full disclaimer, I haven't shown the movie to my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I may when it comes out on video or whatever on streaming. But as of right now, I've chosen not to do that. Um, just, I think it's marketed towards adults personally. Um, I don't, there's like the 2000s ones that came out on DVD. I don't know if you remember those. Those yeah. are the ones I'd be showing to my kids. Yes. But this one I think is pure nostalgia. Like this is meant to be for adults to think through, you know, it is political issues that we're dealing with here. And mm-hmm. the reason why I'm not showing my kids is not that, oh, it's inappropriate. But I just think there's some movies that are just, <clears throat> excuse me, going to go over the heads of my kids. So I'm like, yeah. why bother like opening Pandora's box if it's just going to be like, I'm confused because like just from a similar standpoint, uh, we went to the movie theater and we saw the new Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, one of those, mm-hmm. uh, the Spider-Verse one. And my kids came away from it like super confused. So even though that was animated and geared towards kids, it was kind of deep in a way that was just kind of confusing. Like there was just a lot of layers to it. And so I don't regret taking my kids there, but that's one of the reasons why 
I'm just kind of picky about what I bring my kids to because I'm like, it's not that I'm afraid of what's going to be spoken about. It's just, is this too much to like chew on for a little kid? And so Mm -hmm. that's my personal reason why my kids haven't seen Barbie yet. I have three girls. My oldest girl is nine. um, And then the second daughter is six, about to be seven. And then my youngest one, my youngest daughter is four. Um, Like I said, it's not that I will never show it to them, but I just don't think they need to see it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But all that to say, I think as a parent, you have the freedom to do what you want to do. Like you have the freedom to, um, if, you know, I have Christian friends who are taking their, you know, their kids are the same age as mine, but um, they're, they're taking their girls and they're taking them out for ice cream after and having a conversation. Like there's room for that too. But mm-hmm. I think whenever we're doing something out of fear, which is kind of what I'm observing with not all, but some Christian parents, I'm like, we need to check ourselves and be like, what are we fearing here? Like God is bigger mm-hmm. than this. Like as long as we have open conversations with our kids, there's nothing to be afraid of. And if we're asking the Holy Spirit to join the conversation, like, like I think also we need to give our kids more credit. Like they mm-hmm. see inequality happening in the world. They're not, they're not dumb in that way. So like, yeah. I think it's a great conversation starter if that is your choice as a parent to let your kids watch it. Mm. Oh, I love what you shared here. And I love what you said as well. Uh, on the weekend, I was at a woman's award ceremony, but they also had a section for teenagers who were nominated for awards doing great work and stuff. And one of the things that it was weird because the moms wanted to discuss Barbie, like, have you seen the film? <laughs> and uh, and the first thing I said was like, hey, um, how do you girls, how did you feel about the film? Like getting, trying to get that teenage perspective. And they were all like, mm, yeah, no, whatever. Uh, didn't impact me. Oh, don't real. care. And uh, it's exactly like you saying, um, it's definitely a film for us adults. Uh, it's about things that we need to be thinking about. And I could see like for these teenagers, they were just like, nah, nah. Uh, you know, com- there were messages in there that were completely over their heads. And then the moms wanted to engage in the conversation more <laughs> of going like, oh, you know, Ken and this and that. And that was interesting to me. I was seeing all the moms like engage and the, the girls were like, nope, nah, not for me. Don't care. Not for me. Yeah. And I think it's so true what you're saying there. This is actually uh, very much a film that's kind of a satire um, there's a lot of messages which we're going to get into and lessons that we can learn, but maybe not for our children right now. Uh, I remember Barbie and the Rock Stars. Did you ever watch Barbie and the Rock Stars? It was an animated series that came out in like the 90s. As a millennial, I'm sure uh, I've come across it, but I was not a huge Barbie fan. Like, to be honest, I played with my Legos and I read. That was me. <laughs> totally. You know, my parents wouldn't allow me to have a Barbie. Uh, when I was younger, wow. I'm not sure why. And they weren't religious at all, like totally <laughs> not religious. They were just like, they don't didn't like the connotations with the doll. Um, and okay. I completely respect respected that now looking back as I'm older, I'm like, okay. At the time, I couldn't mm-hmm. understand why my friends had Barbie and I didn't. But I loved mm-hmm. Barbie and the rock stars. And you know, Marilette, why I loved Barbie and the rock stars, it was a 1980s film was because Barbie was diverse. You know, you had Barbie that was the blonde head one, and I'm not blonde, but th- there was a black Barbie and then also the one that played the guitar, dark hair like me. And I could see myself in the film. And that was why I liked it. And even from a young age, I didn't realize that that was why I connected with the film. Now that I'm older, I know. And isn't it isn't it that, you know, that's how it is. We talk about representation. And this new Barbie film, do you feel like it does that really well? Because there's many Barbies and many Kens. 
And we get to see different sides. Bobby doesn't just look one way or is one thing. Yeah, I definitely would say um, representation is a big theme and not just specific to ethnicity and culture, but seeing that there's a president Barbie, there is a, Mm. you know, lawyer. I love when people were doing the acceptance speeches and it was like some kind of award ceremony and they didn't say thank you. They said, I deserve this. I worked hard for this. I'm like, thank you. That's so good. (laughs) Why are we always apologizing for our accomplishments? So to me, that was the representation that really meant something. And I'm, you know, first generation immigrant, Filipino. My, My parents are from the Philippines. And I'm like, that wasn't to me the forefront. There's other good films that do that kind of representation well, but this one was representation of like, what can we accomplish as women? It almost did what uh, the Black Panther did for for race and ethnicity in terms of like, what if um, our own human nature didn't limit us? That's kind of how mm. I saw Barbie Land was, what if our human nature did not limit what women could do? This is what it would look like. This is the ideal mm. of we can accomplish anything if wow. things are not squashing us all the time. <laughs> Wow. I actually have goosebumps while you're saying that uh, because, you know, it's something I think every one of us struggle with is at times in our life where we have that self-doubt or we think we don't deserve something or it's like, why am I here? Someone can do it better than me. Uh, mm-hmm. So I love that idea. And and speaking about awards, like I said, it was an award ceremony on Saturday and a lot of the women who were, you know, recipients of the award, they were 21 nominees, finalists, and only seven people won. So it's a very small number, you know, and a lot of them didn't even want to come up to the podium to give a thank you speech. You know, they were just crying. They were like, I can't believe it's me. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And it's like, of course. It was an all women award show. Yeah. And was all women. And I was like, of course it's you, man. Of course you deserve it. Yeah. (laughs) This is why we're here. From the outside, you see why they deserve it. But from the inside, it's hard for them to accept it. Yeah. And do you think that that's something that we struggle with in general, especially as women? I I definitely think so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'll speak personally as a, you know, mostly stay-at-home mom up until this point of my life. I've had other outside freelance things. But I feel like I was always apologizing for being a stay-at-home mom. Like, even though... That doesn't limit what my potential is. It just means at this season of my life, I'm choosing to stay home. But even all that entails to be a stay-at-home mom and to homeschool my kids, I juggle a lot. And I think for so long, I didn't really give it my give myself credit for all that I juggle. Um, and it took, this is another episode that I had with you, but it took like a mental health um, emergency for me to realize, whoa, I'm, I am caring a lot. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's a career standpoint or just, you know, what you hold as a household manager, you know, as a mom, um, so we don't give ourselves credit for what we can do and what we've yeah. accomplished. I definitely see that as an unfortunate trend. Mm. This is so true what you're talking about. And so, you know, when we talk about being a mom and the stay at home mom, people tend to go, okay, you know, what are you doing the whole day? <laughs> you're doing a lot the whole day. Yes. Like it's intense. It's really Mm -hmm. intense. And I think as women, we do apologize for certain things. I know for many years, there was a word that I wouldn't use to describe myself, uh, one specific word, but it was really crazy because, you know, I came to a place that God led me to, to actually be like, actually, I, the word was intelligent. Uh, You know, I won like dozens of awards throughout school in university for being smart. But I would never call myself smart. I would never say, 
you know, it's like, how would you describe yourself? I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm not really sure. <laughs> and God had to restore that to me and be like, why don't you yeah. go, I am intelligent. I'm smart. There's nothing wrong with saying that. And I think yes. that as a woman, you know, again, like this is girl talk that we have in here. We need to break <laughs> open this and go, well, I yes. am that, or I am this, or I can yeah. celebrate this. And yeah. so it's it's important. This is the lesson you're teaching us today as well. Yeah. You know, what was your thoughts and feelings? You know, what was the main, I'm sure that you had so many thoughts going through <laughs> your head, but but for this moment, what was your main takeaway after seeing the Barbie film for yourself? What was that thing that you kind of felt in your chest and you were like, oh, wow, this is what I need to tell people? Yeah, I'm sure you've heard about the monologue from America Ferrara. She plays the mom of a preteen daughter and just it's almost like the climax of the film. She goes into a monologue about all the um, the expectations of women that just kind of contradict. So it's like you can't ever win that mm -hmm. when I heard that and watching it in the theater, I'm glad I was able to hear the um, the reaction of the audience, which was just pure silence, like you could have heard a pin drop that doesn't happen in the theater. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was uh, striking a accord with the with the audience. And for me, what that showed me, uh, my takeaway was, I can't please everybody. So I might as well live for what God is calling me to do, because I can try all I want to try to fit in a box, fit in a mold. And that I've written about this a lot, but just like I've always tried to put myself in a box. Like if I'm going to be the stay at home mom, missionary wife, I'm not going to do anything outside. I'm not going to write. I'm not going to speak. And I tried that. And it's like, there's something always stirring up within my soul to do something outside to make an impact in my sphere of influence whether it's online or speaking at conferences and it just to me it felt like a a weight lifted when i heard america ferrara do that speech of just like oh wow i'm not the only woman that feels this way like there's yeah. a lot of women and but i just i i there was just something in me that turned on of like i'm done with limiting myself based on other people's expectations. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, I, I've read that monologue and uh, I really encourage as we go to song break to maybe encourage those that are listening to us. Uh, it, you know, it's not, it's not going to, if you haven't watched the film, it's not going to be as impactful as what Marilette's telling us, like to actually hear it. But uh, it's, it's, she plays the character of Gloria and you can go and find her full monologue from Barbie on on the internet. And and one of those things that she says in that as well, because I've read it a few times and even just reading it makes you quite emotional because I've got it open in front of me here again, uh, because I've read it and it does move you. And it's exactly what we're talking about as well, because part of it, she says, uh, you are so beautiful and so smart and it kills me to, that you don't think you're good enough. And like, we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. And uh, it's the sense of, that we we can't and we shouldn't be limited and giving ourselves that freedom. And Marilette, I also think it's a sense of that we teach and I, I think that this could be offensive to some people, which is fine or controversial, but we teach people like to fear pride, you know, like don't celebrate things because you might get mm. pr proud, proud or prideful. Um, mm. And I've heard that a lot. But I've also met a lot of people that have actually been bound by the fear of becoming prideful, that they actually wow. don't live to the potential that God is calling them. And uh, I've that, met people like deep. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because we have that theology of like, 
the minute someone achieves something, they go, oh, wow, that's so great. But don't, but don't remember, give God the glory or, or don't get proud. And then mm-hmm. people get bound to not celebrate who God has created them to be. And we're just going to leave that. I'm just going to leave that with you now, Wallace. We go to song <laughs> because we have so much to talk about after the break. So don't go anywhere because Marilette and I are still together after this and still touching on the Barbie film. So enjoy the music. See you when we get back. I hope that you have been with us the whole time through the last bit of our conversation, well, the first half, I'd like to say. And, uh, you know, we've really been touching on the Barbie film. And I'm joined by Marilette Sanchez. And she's been sharing with us, you know, her opinion, her feelings from the film. And I just love what you've been getting out of it, Marilette. So tell us a little bit more on on other levels of what else you have been stirred by throughout this film. And I'm sure there are, of course, a large part of this film is about relationships, um, you know, between men and women. And uh, there's all sorts of things that we can talk about that. So what was your takeaways from that point of view? Yeah, you touched on this before when you called it a satire. I think from the outside looking in, if you're if you're looking at it to say like, oh, there's this specific agenda being pushed, it's like matriarchy or I don't know, there's like a technical word for the opposite of uh, misogyny. Um, but yeah. I, you watch it and you're like, you, you come away from it not saying women should do everything, but you come away longing, like if only there was a mutuality and a mutual respect between both genders, because there is redemption for the Ken character. It's not just, oh, he's this horrible person and he's the enemy. It, It's, mm-hmm. again, this longing for something more than what we're witnessing in the world. And so it doesn't offer a solution. And maybe that's something that people are missing um, that, oh, this is trying to paint a picture of what the solution should be. I think it's just trying to paint a picture of this is a problem. When one gender gets all the opportunity and the other gender has to like apologize for getting the crumbs, there's something wrong here. There's something in our soul that knows that this is not how things should be. And that to me is what the film did well. It just leaves us with this longing, leaves us with this void that now the gospel has to come in and fill in the void. And you know, it's not a Christian film, so it can't do that. But that's where to me, the church comes in and we have to have these conversations, which is why I'm so grateful that you have me on today. Because I know some Christians who are just trying to avoid the conversation altogether. And as you said, that this is a cultural moment. This is, we're all talking about Barbie. If we're not talking about it, you see it everywhere. You can't just hide out. That's not what I think we're called to do as believers. Like we're called to speak to what are the cultural conversations, the cultural questions that are being asked and how does the gospel speak to that? Because Mm. the gospel does have something to say for that. The gospel is the solution for all these social problems, all these social ills that we see. It's the only real solution. Mm. I love that you mentioned that term mutuality and for the, you know, uh, and I love that the film has been able to evoke these conversations Mm. and to say, and I remember a couple of years ago interviewing a very strong feminist uh, and uh, she wasn't saved. She wasn't a Christian, but she rounded off the conversation by saying something that took me by surprise. She said that, you know, if we if it had been the other way around, cause she was talking about patriarchy. She was saying if if it had been the other way around and we had lived and inherited a world that was matriarchal and women had all the control, we would probably be in the same position right now as to not want to give over control to change things so we can't say that matriarchy is the answer and we can't say one one person or one gender group or one group of people should have power and when people inherently have that power 
it's very hard for them to give it up. So we need to see ourselves, if we had all that power, would we have been willing to give it up in the same way that we're asking the patriarchy to do that? So mm. I really didn't expect that <laughs> of her yeah, to say that. It's eye-opening. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, it was a couple of years ago and I can almost quote her word for word. Uh, <laughs> so that's how impactful it was. And But that's what the film is doing. It's asking us the very same question. And so when we talk about mutuality, unpack that a little bit for us, because some people maybe don't understand what is actually being said then. Are we saying that there needs to be equality, mutuality, uh, and uh, where does the gospel fit in with that? Mm-hmm. I mean, there might be a technical definition out there, but I'll just go off of what how I um, interpret that term. To me, it's a mutual respect for the giftings of both whichever gender you are, you're able to walk in your giftings that God has given you. And Mm -hmm. so there's nothing outside that is limiting, um, giving you like a, an artificial like role, like artificial gender role, things like that. But you're able to just, yeah, walk in your giftings that God has given you. You have the freedom to discover, even discover that and not apologize and make mistakes. I think of the privilege of like, you know, this is going to be a general statement, but a lot of times men can just go on a venture, whether it's a business venture or just um, do this new project, and they don't have that fear of failure, just like nagging Mm. them, you know what I mean? Like, and that just like limits what they're willing to try. But I, as a woman, I can speak for myself, you can confirm if this happens to you, but I'm so afraid of failing that I don't take bold steps. Whereas I think of like my husband, he's like, his his mantra is 80%, 80%. And I'm from the outside (laughs) looking in, he accomplishes so much because he's mm-hmm. just like, let me not try to be a perfectionist. Let me just try what I can, see what sticks. And from the outside looking in, I see him accomplish so much. Mm-hmm. And from my from my perspective, I have all these ideas just sitting in my journals, in my head, mm-hmm. um, in my notes app, in the iPhone. And do I really pursue them all full speed? I will admit that I don't do that because I'm so afraid of failing. Mm-hmm. So to me, that is like a privilege um, that men have that, in a world that doesn't like, what is it like, just puts the, so much pressure on them to succeed. And, you know, in the, in the Barbie monologue, it, she talks about, you have to be excellent at everything and or extraordinary. And just that expectation will, will eat at you because it's like, well, if I yeah. can't be extraordinary, then I might, might as well not try. Um, I, there's no room to just be ordinary. So yeah, to me, a mutuality means that there is an equality of opportunity, um, equality of just mutual respect of what each gender can accomplish. So again, it's not stomping on men um, saying Mm -hmm. that they're incapable, but it's that we're both capable and we both have something to bring to the table. So how are we going to work together in a partnership? Yeah. Mm. I love that. I love the way you explain that as well. And I think about it on a practical level. I know when my husband and I travel, there's certain things that he does really well and that I do really well. So I don't want to worry about like booking, you know, like taxis to come and fetch us. Like I don't really know, right? Like you want to get to the airport and there, there needs to be someone there to collect you, you know? So my husband's really good at doing that. Now imagine if like, you know, uh, you know, just I was just like, oh, I, I'm going to do everything. I would get worn out and burnt out, mm-hmm. and I'm just not living in my in my capacity. I, I'm good at snacks, you know. Like I'll have you sorted <laughs> if you go traveling with me. I'll literally have you sorted on the plane, wherever you oh are. Even gosh. bring extra toilet paper. So like, I'm super Love. prepared, <laughs> right? Yes. But you got to sort the taxi. Like <laughs> I can't do that. It's not my strength. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's that mutuality to be exactly who we are created to be. And that's redemptive. That's part of, that's part of like allowing ourselves to flourish. I think it's really cool. So did you feel like you could really take that away just from your perspective and feelings after you've watched this film and actually engage with that concept more? Yeah, I think, again, the film, full disclaimer, doesn't offer the solution. It just kind of opens your eyes to like, oh, you're right. That's that's a ridiculous thing that happens in the real world, you know? Mm. Um, like the, there's like this funny scene where she's like, she sees she's in the real world and she she's trying to ask for directions or something. She's like, let me go to the construction work, construction workers, because in Barbie land, they're really friendly people and like helpful. <laughs> but then that's the first time she experiences like being catcalled. So I just thought that was hilarious. Like being catcalled is not just something we should deal with, like and tolerate. This is something that is wrong. Like we shouldn't have yeah. to be dealing with that. And the irony is I didn't write this in my review of the article, but I was coming home from the movie theater, watching Barbie with my sister in this in Manhattan, coming back to Brooklyn, and on the train, like clockwork, I was catcalled. No, <laughs> so it's like brought down to reality of like I was living two hours in Barbie Land. Like I want to go back. <laughs> what did you do? So, like in that moment, because um, a lot of women, right, we have that experience, and there's always a sense of like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the New York thing where you just keep your head straight. Your your focus forward and you just kind of ignore. I don't mm. know if that's the best solution, but that's what I yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. In some instances, it is the best solution. I remember like this was a little bit ago, but I was walking with some friends. We were just getting out of the car. So there were six girls, six of us together. And uh, we were walking, we had to just leave the car park. It was like in the middle of a Sunday afternoon, leave the car park and then walk around the corner. We'll be in the coffee shop. And there were these construction workers <laughs> across the road. <laughs> And they started like catcalling and whistling oh, and simultaneously at the same time, there was about three of us <laughs> that like shouted back at them and was like, wow. what gives you the right to speak to us Ooh. like that? And we were all saying something different. <laughs> it was like, it. And, and uh, obviously we were together, so we didn't feel scared or whatever. And, yeah. and their faces, they were just like shocked. <laughs> How? <laughs> Is so that is good. a life lesson for them hopefully they <laughs> yeah, like, take it back with them yeah like someone's yeah. gonna say something back to you you know um mm -hmm. because we shouldn't be accepting that kind of behavior uh but we we never really know how to always sometimes respond but i think when you're in a girl gang you're just like <laughs> unstoppable <laughs> invincible in barbie land together yes yeah you know i don't um, think i answered your question though but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mutuality, like, did I come away? I think I came away with a longing for it. I don't know what the solution is based on the movie, but it just made me like more like I want to be part of the solution. That's what mm -hmm. I came away with. Wow. I love that. I so love that. I love what you were saying about that longing for, you know, mutuality. And sometimes it has been considered that, you know, the gospel and a biblical worldview is a patriarchal worldview. And uh, how do we unpack that and begin to see that maybe that's theology or doctrine that we have inherited, but it may not actually be biblical. It may not be part of that biblical worldview that maybe Jesus modeled for us to have every single day. I mean, 
you don't have to go far from the gospels <laughs> to see yeah. that that's not how Jesus saw women, that Jesus didn't see them as less than the way that the, the culture at the time did. Um, so I feel like you're a little bit more of the biblical scholar here. I kind of want to hear your <laughs> perspective. <laughs> I'm like not even giving one. You know, I think <laughs> because it's girl talk, it's like I, I, I also see you know, if we go, people often go to the Gospels, and obviously, I'm an I'm an Old Testament scholar. Mm-hmm. So, m- my my thought and feeling is that when you look throughout the Old Testament, you begin to realize that um, patriarchy wasn't the way that God wanted it to be. It wasn't our original intent. Like you go to the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve had this mutual mandate to steward the earth and to to rule and to reign as servants, I believe, on the earth and to steward well what God had given them. Both walked with God in the garden, you know, both had that intimacy with God and and with one another and the brokenness of our world has tried to kind of set up systems to to kind of correct things, but it's brought more chaos in than anything else. And like you said earlier on about you know, after watching the film and that mutuality, it's that longing for that mutuality. And I've met a lot of men and women, godly men and women, who long for that mutuality as well. It's not just because us as women are talking about it. You know, it's uh, it's men are talking about it as well. And there is a, a guy named James Pratch. Do you know him, Marilette? Have you read like some of his stuff from his, got a really cool blog called Let Her Lead. Um, I, I hadn't think, heard about him until I came across his tweets about Barbie, to be honest, yeah. but those tweets are great. <laughs> yeah, I also hadn't. I also hadn't. And one of the things that he said was that, and this is a direct quote from him, and he did tweet this, and I, I did want to read this, and it said that the secular world and the church, aside from a few exceptions, have failed to offer a healthy model of mutuality. And Jesus actually offers us both a vision and model of humanity that refuses to exalt one sex over the other and restores dignity, worth, value, and honor to both. Uh, that's his tweet. I didn't tweet that. Mm-hmm. You know, no, Snaps no. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> that was him. So, you know, of course, he had tweeted a lot of things about the Barbie film and what he got from it. So it's not just that we as women are talking about this, men are talking about it and engaged in this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's really, really important. And Marilette, I remember a while back you were posting some things as well that you had experienced from the Encanto film. Now, yes. that film, one. you know, very much so. And you had, and I can't remember all their names, but one, I, I want you to share that with us. One of of the sisters, was it Lu, El, Luisa, who was the strong yes. one? She had to carry Luisa. everything. And you connected mm-hmm. with her on a very deep level, didn't you? Like her character and what was expected of her. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Um, I related it to my experience in 2020 with uh, mental health scare. Um, I was hospitalized. Uh, and I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And to me, the reason the, I'm sure there were multiple layers, it was a perfect storm, but part of it was as a mom, as a uh, full-time missionary, um, I was just doing a lot and I was caring a lot and I wasn't asking for any support. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And it just came to a head. 
in 2020. And so Luisa in Encanto, she has her, it's a magical gift, actually, the magical gift of strength. Um, so she's always trying to be the strong one. Um, she's never vulnerable. She never admits her fears. Um, and yeah, the the film, fall, she's kind of a minor character, actually. She's not the main character, but I really resonated with her mm. because she talks about, you know, there's this one song that's kind of her story, but um, she says, under the surface, I pulled it up as you were talking. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. And that is my perspective pre-hospitalization like my worth was so wrapped into in what i could do for people who i was for people um being a wife being a mom being a missionary full-time minister and i never did anything like just for me like even my spiritual walk took a back burner and the irony of that as a full-time minister right like Mm. i didn't take the time to just abide with the lord and that just really ate at me and eventually just you can't hold all that for forever. Like your body will <laughs> tell you yeah. when enough is enough, you know? So yeah, yeah, that she really, she really, really related to me. And, and it, it is funny that you bring that up now, because I do think as women, we carry so much and we're ashamed to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me being in the hospital to realize, like, I need to ask my husband for an hour or two in the morning before my day gets started to just get out of the house because um, I, you know, now I go to the coffee shop before I start the schoolwork with the kids. He mm-hmm. takes like the first shift and I just go and whether I'm just listening to worship music or I'm studying the Bible, I, that's my alone time with God that I guard now. And I didn't do mm-hmm. that before it was hospitalized. And so again, with that society's perspective that women have to do it all, that was me. I did that. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm kind of like unashamed, like, no, like I'm a daughter of God first. Um, I was, you know, I love being a mom. I love being a wife. That is such a life-giving portion of my life, but that is not my whole identity. And it took, uh, yeah, a hard life lesson to learn that. Hmm. Wow. I love that you shared this. Thank you so, so much. You know, and how did you, how did you figure out? Cause probably maybe some of the listeners are maybe in that experience where they're in that experience of going, I'm completely finished. Like I, as a person, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, have been trying to do everything for so long, especially moms, especially women, mm-hmm. uh, even women, you know, there's that saying that uh, women who have careers and they, they always say like, you know, your boss expects you to work as though you don't have children, but you expect mm-hmm. you to raise your children as though you don't have an outside job. So there's yeah. that expectation, right? And it's like mm-hmm. carrying all of those things. How did you get to a point where you began to realize what you needed and what you could put into place in your life to help you? Like you said, having that time in the morning and being able to say that's actually what what my soul really needs is what I really need as a person. How did you, was that like a kind of like a journey you had to go through? Was it through counseling? Because people will ask that question and go, how do I discover me again? How do I discover what my heart needs to be alive again. Yeah, I think it was definitely a learning process, an uphill battle to learn. Um, thank God, like during my recovery process, I was able to take medical leave for, and then hold on. Yeah, it was medical leave. And it kind of, even before that, I kind of was had a sabbatical period. So I had a lot of wiggle room to not be in real life to figure out, okay, what are my new rhythms? Uh, therapy counseling was definitely a huge portion of that. 
Um, and through that, I realized that I had very little um, peer friendships. And that's mm. what was missing for my life. It's like everybody in my life needed something from me. And that's what ate at me. Like young kids, I had a newborn at the time. Uh, yeah, I was breastfeeding still at the time. So it was just like so much pressure on me. Mm. Um, but since therapy, since all that, I've realized like I need to prioritize like exercise, even if it's like going for a 30 minute brisk walk or something like I'm I'm still not like an athlete the way my husband is <laughs> but I learning that my body also carries stress so I need to release that mm. um but honestly the biggest thing was my friendships like I had some codependent friendships that I've now had to end since then and that to me I was grieving that more than even my diagnosis, like for some reason, I was able to accept my diagnosis pretty quickly. Like this is a health thing. I'm going to do medication. I'm going to see a psychiatrist. I'm going to see a therapist. That wasn't too big of a transition for me or too hard to accept, but accepting that some friendships were not healthy for me, that was a hard pill to swallow. Like mm -hmm. I had a hard time with that. I was grieving that for a long time. Um, but I will say coming on the other side, like I've you know, prioritize like phone calls with friends who I would say are actual peer friendships. Like they just, we just offer each other a safe place to, to just be and not like do for mm -hmm. people. We're just, we exist and we give each other permission to just exist and laugh and have deep talks. So I've um, been very intentional with those friendships. Um, I want to be more intentional with having a mentor. I'm not quite there yet at this mm -hmm. specific point, but I am kind of pursuing that but just again, looking back to when I was a full-time minister and a mom of young kids and homeschooling, and I didn't mm. have any of these ways to like offload any pressure, that's what got me in trouble. And so the, the things that I'm putting in now are definitely therapy, exercise, even something as like uh, simple as eating healthy, like that mm. affects your, your emotional capacity. Um, and yeah, just, I will say coming from this side, I have some really great friendships now that it's taken time and it's taken, like, I have to be willing to be vulnerable with these people and it mm -hmm. is a risk and they may not be, I've had some failures as well in terms of like, I was vulnerable with someone, they, they weren't reciprocating. So that's part of the process too. I'm not going to lie, mm -hmm. but I do have a few key friendships that I've invested in and they're investing back in me and there's just nothing quite like the gift of like a true friendship. Mm. And even if it's just sometimes we have that one true friendship mm -hmm. that we have yes. and you can just be yourself and you can just say what you're thinking, even things you don't want to say out loud because you're scared of saying those <laughs> things out loud because you're like, mm -hmm. it sounds a bit weird if I say it out loud. It's amazing the gift, like you said, if you even have, like we all have friends around us. A lot of us have people around us, but are they mm. those true friendships as well? And that's yeah. so life-giving. And Marilette, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today. We spoke about Barbie, mutuality, Encanto, and a little bit of your journey, your life lessons that you can impart to those who are listening, to me and to the listeners, so that we can live a a life that's fruitful and that's an overcoming one. And I'm so grateful for you today and the time that we get to spend together. And I feel like it has, has gone really quickly, uh, but I'm so grateful. It has, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Thank too bad. you so much for having me. It's oh, always a pleasure to spend time with you.
Yeah, it's such a pleasure. And thank you so much for everything. And if people, you've written a, a bit about Barbie, a bit, a bit about other films as well that you've watched and how God speaks to you through that. And so if people want to jump on to maybe read a bit more of what you've been writing, where do they go to do that? Yeah, it's just my name, MarilettSanchez.com. So M-A-R-I-L-E-T-T-E, Sanchez.com. Mm-hmm. There you have it. And so you can go on over and read all the wonderful things that Marilette really does share with us. And it's so blessed and it's so beautiful. And uh, Marilette, again, thank you so much for being here today. And I pray that you will have an amazing rest of the day and just a, a beautiful week, a one that is filled with joy and grace and all good things. And may all the dreams that you have in your heart, in your journal, in your notes and on your phone be, you know, something that God just kind of incubates and brings to the surface and just blesses. So that's my prayer for you today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much and take care. So Barbie was indeed the catalyst for our conversation today. But of course, you know, we didn't stop there. We went on over into so many different places where I just felt the Holy Spirit was leading Marilette and myself. And so I just love so many takeaways from what Marilette was saying today. And what is so great is to just have these different perspectives on things like the Barbie film, for example, or even Encanto, if you've watched that with your children. And I know that the Barbie film has created a lot of, of marketing out there, like we keep saying, but also a lot of conversations and conversations in our faith communities and different people have their different perspectives. So I pray that today has been a great perspective for you, something that you can glean on, something that we're challenged to do. And that is also to have these impactful, thoughtful thought-provoking conversations with our children as Marilette said as well she hasn't taken her children to see the film and that is a personal opinion and perspective that she has and a personal conviction that she has and that is good we need to go with what God and the Holy Spirit is saying to us in our hearts and also just maybe seeing the film not always from a very serious perspective but seeing it as a satire a satire is all about you know being presented with something that's kind of maybe making fun of or maybe really ramping up something very specific but in order for us to be faced with the reality of maybe a deeper truth a life lesson a valuable lesson that we as a society and as a people and even as individuals can take on board for ourselves and so if you haven't seen the barbie film yet then maybe go with that perspective and if you have already seen it well maybe begin to reevaluate or just evaluate how you felt about it there's so many different ways to see things and i truly do believe that god often speaks to us through films through music through movies through moments that we witness and these moments become life lessons for us and i know many people who have been touched by animated films and documentaries just that visual we are such a visual people that when we encounter something visually or we hear it you know audibly we begin to learn things in our brain processes in that way and so i'm grateful for marilette being with us today sharing touching on mental health touching on some of her experiences and it's been great to spend this time with you next week we're going to have some fun on voice of change as i'm joined by laura bogus and uh, she's the author of play dates with god having you know childlike faith in an adult world and I love that because we're going to be getting into having childlike faith and what it means to play and be with God 
in um, in a manner of play, in a discipline of, of play. So it's going to be a fun time next week on the show. Take care and see you then. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.